another episode of the Average Joe Football Show. I'm your host, Joe Fair. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Dominic Toretto's favorite football podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm joined, obviously, once again by my illustrious producer, Joe Teeson. How's it going, Joe? Spectacular. I'm glad you brought that up, actually. Really? Yeah. Why? I don't know. We've just been talking about family a lot lately. Yeah, and family. Yeah, I... I and- feel like we almost have sort of a family, you know, family mm-hmm. vibe, sort of like the Fast and the Furious guys. Yeah, I live my life quarter mile at a time. Yeah. In those 10 seconds or less, I'm free. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? No, me and my wife have been watching through the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. My wife, the other day, I, <laughs> I go up to her. Uh, <laughs> this is really funny. I don't know. I find it funny. Maybe nobody else will find it funny. But I go up to my wife. I was like, hey. my wife really loves the Fast and Furious movies. And I do, too. I think they're silly and dumb and fun. Um... I go, hey, don't you have like almost all of the Fast and the Furious movies? And then she goes, no, I don't have, I don't have all of them. I was like, yeah, but don't you have like almost all of them? She's like, I don't have all of them. I have like seven. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I was expecting her to say like four or like three. Yeah. Like, no, she had seven. She has seven. Of, I think, <laughs> or it's either six or seven, but a lot of Fast and the Furious <laughs> movies. Uh, and I have I have absolutely zero of them. Yeah, and you're missing out, man. We watched the first one, uh, and we watched a little bit of the second one. We're just gonna watch through them because they're a, they're a hoot and holler in good time. They are they are a good action movie to watch. Yeah, it's um, so cheesy though. Like watching the first one back is really fun. Really, like I would highly recommend it. If any of you, I know, like some people are too smart and too cool to watch those <laughs> movies. Have a little bit of fun and just go back and watch them. And don't go in with a mindset like, oh, this is stupid. I'm going to trash it. But it's like, this is stupid. It's so fun. I'm going to have fun with mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I own a total of two DVDs uh, in my house. Really? Like, I mean, I mean, like non-digital movies, really? TV shows in my house. Yeah, I have the complete the uh, Office series okay. on DVD, which is, I guess, a lot of discs. That's a lot of, yeah. But uh, And then I have Fantastic Mr. Fox on Blu-ray. I thought you had uh, I thought you had Get Out. Mm-mm. No? Oh, I don't have no, Get that's Out. Somebody, that's, that's our other friend. Yeah. I have Get Out. Yeah, I you got Get, Get Out. I have Blu-ray. Which, have you seen uh, that uh, Candyman? No, I, Isn't it out? Is it out now? I don't even know Candyman. But there's another new movie that he's making. Jordan Peele. Yeah. It's coming out in 2022. What's it called? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Oh, that guy, man, he makes some movies. Like it's funny that I was never, I was never into horror movies at all. I didn't like the genre very much. Yeah. I'm still, I'm, and I find I'm still not a huge fan because I'm very selective when it comes to horror horror movies. One hundred. Um, I will say that his two movies that he's created so far, Us and Get Out, um, how are actually like. Two of some of my favorite movies I've ever watched, and they are both of that genre. Yeah, um, I I love them. I absolutely love them. Yeah, and um, yeah. Us so. is us. I have Get Out. Get Out. I loved it, and then Us came out. Uh, it's on Netflix now. If you guys haven't seen it, it is you know scary. So <laughs> it is scary. careful, for careful uh, children. If you're listening to this, don't watch it. But uh, wow, that one is so good. I love Us. That is like uh, that is like. Oh man, I've been meaning to watch it again. Really like that one. And I, yeah. I was kind of the same way. I never really liked horror movies, uh, and I still don't really like. I don't go out of my way to watch horror movies. I watch the, the new It, or like it's not new. It's been out for like, yeah. like a year and a half or like two <laughs> years. But it only recently got on Netflix. So then I yeah. watched it. Um, I liked the first one. The second one was I don't know. It was fine. I kind of, it got to a certain point. Like I'm like halfway through the movie i'm like i'm so over this like, clown i get thing. it yeah you know? i understand yeah he's gross he does he's does does scary things yeah now he's a spider and it's scary and it's like yeah, yeah. i don't know it's like i get it i was never i could never take it seriously enough to be scared of it the whole yeah. clown thing he was less well less of a clown more of a demon ish yeah but uh uh yeah, I did not like the movies very much. I'll be quite honest with you. I didn't. It gets to be a lot. I like the first one. I really like the first one. I watched that one a few times. Second one, I don't think... 
Maybe I would watch it again, but I would take a lot. I don't know if I would watch it. It's a long movie. I was like two and a half hours in. I was like, man, we got to be coming up towards the end here. There's like 50 minutes left. Oh. I was like, unbelievable. And you know how I feel about long movies. Yeah. Like we've been over this before. Yeah. If your movie is over, over, let's say over two hours, you didn't make a good movie, man. It's just. Which I disagree. It's just too long. Avatar was an amazing movie. Too that was long. almost three hours yeah, long. Avatar is a really good movie. Yeah. So. But just make it two movies, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Two hour long they, movies. They are making another Avatar, though. Yeah, that one's going to be five hours long. It might be. I'm just saying, man. Like, you, I get tired after a while. It's like, I I like to be able to know, okay, this we got to be coming up close here to the end. And then when I say that and there's still an hour left in the movie, it's like, what else could we even possibly do at this point? Well, it depends if it's a good or bad movie. Like, it, the second It movie, well, both of them I didn't like very much but like if if it's a if it's not a great movie it's gonna you you don't want it to be long but if it's a good movie it can go on it can go on longer than two than two hours yeah maybe the maybe the two hours thing is a little bit maybe okay like two and a if you just don't have a three hour movie three hours is the maximum if it's longer than three hours okay another one interstellar yeah never seen it incredible movie yeah unbelievable movie i loved it Okay. Uh, yeah, I've heard really good things from you almost exclusively, but yeah. Um, I never, another one that I watched that it was like, oh man, this is long was Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, I, really? I don't know if you've ever watched that one. No. Uh, maybe, and I'm just looking it up right now to see how long it was, but we were watching the theaters and I actually, it's, it has terrible reviews. People don't really like it. It's like five and a half hmm. stars out of 10. Uh, people don't like it i'm trying to find out how long it is here but it was another one where i was watching and it's like okay we got to be coming like it's you know you can tell when a movie's kind of like reached the climax and it's like okay (laughs) we're getting we're getting towards the end and nope it was not the end yeah that just kept mm -hmm. going and i cannot for the life of me find out how long you know that you know you can google how long is well i could have used that information a little while ago yeah and it'll tell you how long the movie runs for because Uh, okay it's a little bit easier than just while I looked this searching up, it. Football. We're gonna talk preseason football. We had the first week of a full slate of preseason games. This is the average Joe football show, after all. I'm gonna go through and overreact to everything. Not everything. Overreact to a lot of things that happened uh, in preseason week one. We're gonna skip the news. We're gonna go straight to overreacting about preseason football. It's gonna be a good time. But yeah, Wonder Woman's like two and a half hours, so that's not even that it's long. It's not that bad. It but felt but long. when it's when it's was it was it did you like the movie or not? I actually kind of did, but okay, it, because sometimes when it's a bad movie, it feels really long. Yeah, that same thing when it's, when it's like a bad song, like it feels like it's too long. Yeah, I, but Wonder Woman, I would probably watch. It. I actually like. I would recommend to watch that movie. It's kind of weird. It's a like I can't even tell if it's a good movie, but there's some stuff in there. Like the villain is kind of cool. Like he's kind of a cool villain. Okay. Um he basically he's a guy, he somehow gets these powers from this relic and he gets to like grant one wish to everybody. And it's it's really cool like the way that he uh turns into mm-hmm. like just the ultimate supervillain. Wow. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Dude, some some movies have such amazing concepts, but just terrible execution yep. and like it's such a waste of an amazing concept for yep. a movie dude i have the perfect i say this all the time i have the perfect example and i'm looking, honey i shrunk the kids and no it's not it's very close i think you know which movie it's downsizing yes with matt damon yes downsizing it i've had, only watched it, it had once so much potential yep. i see i've never even watched it but okay. i've only heard bad things that's so a 47 percent on rotten tomatoes so. aye, aye, aye. but listen i've only watched it once and maybe i should give it another shot but when i watched it like such a cool idea so matt damon gets shrunk down um you know they they have a small world for for people because is it because of overpopulation um because that's an even cooler concept i have to think I don't know exact. I think it's for like, I think it's for people who are in like financial hardships. Like it's cheaper to just shrink down to downsize. Then, yeah, oh, literally. Downsize. I think that's what it is. It's like if people are having financial troubles, they just downsize, so they shrink them down. And it's like such a cool concept. I was like really excited to watch this movie. I watched it with I, I like my I was with my in laws. This might have been even before I was even married. We were just sitting. 
looking for a movie to watch, and I recommended Downsizing because I thought it would be good. And man, I really dropped the ball on that one because, <laughs> like, the it's just like they don't even after a while you don't even really remember that they're small. Like it's just not even they don't even really talk. It's a lot of weird drama and like I don't know. I just it just it really felt like they dropped the ball on that whole mm. situation. Like he's I don't know. I can't. I can't even. I, I'll have to watch it again to give you like a full-on review because I don't remember a lot of the plot points mm-hmm. from it. But I just remember walking away from it, being like, "What the heck was that?" Yeah. Like I was really excited for that movie, and it was yeah a really cool concept. Very disappointing. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, another good example. I don't know if you ever watched the movie Lucy. Lucy. Oh, is that the one with uh, Scarlett Johansson learns how to use a hundred percent of her brain? Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen it. No. No, but uh, basically she she gets kidnapped and then um, they put a bunch of drugs. They cut her open, put a bunch of drugs inside of her. That's insane. And then she uh, the drugs start leaking in her, and it's like a crazy drug that they have in this world, this fantasy world. And it's like a crazy drug, and it starts leaking inside of her, and it's it's getting to her brain. It's getting I don't know. Basically, she's able to access a hundred percent of her brain at the same time, and she gets start doing like. It's a cool concept, yeah. but it gets the movie gets v- so ridiculous. Yeah, it gets way too ridiculous for me to for me to enjoy it. I've ended up falling asleep and just did not. And usually, I'm not very picky when it comes to movies, but this movie was just I did not love it. Also, I have a, I have a little thing where um, when good actors and actresses get cast in bad movies, yeah, um, they just they're not very good. Yeah, Lucy got a 67 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So not yeah, not terrible, but. Not great either. Yeah, no, so I, I, I feel that uh, that's 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 disappointing. And it's 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 since that movie came out, it's also like the reason that movie was kind of a thing was because there was a time where we thought as humans that humans only use twenty percent of their brain. Ten percent, I thought. Ten percent was it? Ten percent? That's completely been disproven now. It's like we use all of our brain. Mm-hmm. Our brain is all used. Like it's there's not just parts of our is brain. that is that true? Yeah, look it up. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe you're really wrong right now. Yeah, or, uh, you sound dumb. Yeah, that'd be a good thing to maybe look up. You know what? Another thing. Sorry, I'm just gonna rant. This is really dumb. I just looked up one of my favorite movies. Um, it's it's a movie. It was a, it's a sci-fi thriller that came out in 2018. Uh, it's a, it's a movie called Mute. Um, Mute. Okay. Yeah. You. Were t- I think we've talked about this on the podcast. Yep. It's kind of like a. It's a. It's a cyber. Uh, cyberpunk kind of thing. Um. And basically, I'm really ticked off because I'm looking. It got a 21 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, and the, you know that's I actually, the thing. I actually really like this movie. Yeah. See, that's the thing. We were talking. We're talking about Rotten Tomatoes, and for the most part, who cares what Rotten Tomatoes says about movies? Yeah. Yeah. Um. You basically only use Rotten Tomatoes if there's a movie that you don't like and you want to be proven right. Uh. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. like Rotten Tomato, like this is what I'm kind of going back to the Fast and the Furious thing. If you find a movie fun and it's good for you, that's a good movie for you. Yeah. Who cares? It's very subjective. Who, exactly. Is like, that the right word to use? I feel like I use that word too much for not knowing exactly <laughs> what it means. I think subjective is 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 right. Uh, I wonder what the what Fast and the Furious would have on Rod Tomatoes. This, the rest of this podcast is going to be us looking, yes, up looking up some of our favorite movies and what they got on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, like, are you kidding me? Fifty uh, percent. We, we don't even say fifty four percent for Fast and the Furious. What the newest one? No, this is the old original. One. Yeah, the the OG. Wow, fifty four. Fifty four. Um, it's like give it a break. Yeah, it's man. A classic. Come on, it's a classic. Uh, Fast Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, 36%. Ugh, took a little bit of a nosedive. I'd be curious to know Tokyo Drift real quick. This will be the last one. We won't do any more after this. <laughs> uh, Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. I bet you this one's pretty bad, too. 38. Ouch. Wow. Yeah. They were not great. No. Well, no, they're not good act. Like, it's got if Vin Diesel, and I know Vin Diesel for the first three, he's only in the first one. But if Vin Diesel is your main one of your main actors, it's probably not a great movie <laughs> acting wise. You don't think he's a good actor? No, I don't. I don't oh. think he's a good actor. Uh, no, it's it's yeah. But Fast and Furious is so fun, and they're up to nine movies now. That is kind of nuts. That's insane. And they're not done. Sorry, I'm just I'm just going off on this Rotten Tomatoes thing. What, what has a 61? Alita Battle Angel only has a sixty one. Yeah, Alita okay. Battle Angel is the greatest movie of all time. Actually, on second thought, Rotten Tomatoes, screw that. Rotten Tomatoes, man. 
Who do they think they are? Right? Who who is even who who's in charge of Rotten Tomatoes? Show me the CEO of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> CEO of Rotten Tomatoes, step up. Yeah. The average Joe football show is calling you out. <laughs> the average Joe show is. Yep. Um, we want you on. We want you on. CEO. CEO of bad movie reviews. Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like we, we could have gone somewhere with that. We could have had something there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you have anything else you want to talk about before we get into the football. This is your chance. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I'm good, man. You're good? Okay. Well, fair enough. Then without further ado, why don't we jump straight into overreacting about week one of the NFL preseason. It's been months and months since we've had our last real football to watch. Uh, Unless you include the Hall of Fame game, then it's only been a few days. Uh, but no, it's been months since the Super Bowl, all the way back to February. So you know, you know for a fact, as soon as we get real football, even if it's just the preseason, even if it's just week one of the preseason, even if a lot of starters aren't playing, you know we're going to overreact to everything that happens in week one of the preseason because the NFL is a sport that is made for overreacting. The NFL, unlike other sports, there's only one game per week. So there's so much room for speculation in between those seven days you have between those games. Like in the in the NBA, if you have a bad game and you lose, oh, it's this, now you have the second night of a back-to-back and you can just play, you know, a, a game and, and people people forget about that other game. But in the NFL, you don't have that. You you play on Sunday for the most part. There's obviously Monday and Thursday you play sometimes as well and sometimes Saturdays. And if it's COVID, who knows? You can play any day of the week. But you only play once a week, so you have all this time, all this room for speculation. And that never stops, even if it's week one of the preseason. So I'm going to give you guys some things, some overreactions from week one, um, starting with my first overreaction, and it's that the 2021 quarterback class is the greatest quarterback class in the history of the NFL. That's right. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, um, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, the greatest quarterback class ever. It's not the 83 quarterback class or whatever that was, 83-84 with Dan Marino and John Elway and Jim Kelly. It's not them. No, it's this draft class because these guys balled out in week one of the preseason. Uh, No, obviously that's not the case. But I do want to talk about the rookie quarterbacks and how they played. We talked about last week all the things that we wanted to see from the rookie quarterbacks, all the things that we could see from the rookie quarterbacks in this preseason. And I thought they were the big storyline going into this this weekend and uh, or this week of games. And I thought they delivered. Um, you know, they didn't, it wasn't obviously out of this world. A lot of them didn't play a whole lot of football, but I think we got, we got to see enough to make some assumptions and for a lot of people enough to make, um, stone cold arguments for whether or not they're a bust. But I thought the rookie quarterbacks this week played fairly well, um, and like I said, not a whole lot of snaps, but I'm just going to go through the different rookie quarterbacks. I want to start with Mac Jones. He was the first rookie quarterback that we saw play this week. Uh, he played against the Washington football team on Thursday night. They were the first preseason game uh, this week alongside the Philadelphia and Pittsburgh game. But Mac Jones did not start the game. Cam Newton started the game. Uh, Cam Newton did not play well. We'll probably talk a little bit more about that later on. In the episode, Cam Newton did not play well. Mac Jones comes in. He finishes 13 for 19, 87 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Didn't play a whole lot. He played a a couple quarters. Um, The crowd was hyped for Mac Jones. That's my first takeaway. 
Um, they were excited. When he got on the field, they lost it at every completed pass that this guy threw. The, the, the Foxborough faithful were losing their marbles. They were so excited to see Mac Jones. And that was really fun. You know, it's fun to have fans back in the field, uh, in the stadiums, rather, even if it's just overreacting to preseason football. But I thought that uh, I thought Mac Jones played well. I I think the one thing that you can tell from the Mac Jones game, you know, in, in like like most of these guys, he didn't play much. I think he played just into the third quarter. Uh, he played the beginning of the second, and then maybe into the third. I don't know exactly, but he didn't play a whole lot. Obviously, only threw nineteen passes. Um, but I thought he played well. He looked comfortable. And I think that's really important because we've seen time to time quarterbacks come in and they look rattled immediately, or like right off the bat. Um, the game is fast for them. Mac Jones didn't look like that. Uh, he looked comfortable. Um, he right off the almost right off the bat had a beautiful, beautiful dime that he threw. Uh, but a 35-yard uh, pass into the end zone that was dropped. That would have been a, a gorgeous touchdown, a really nice throw, but ended up being dropped in the end zone. Uh, for the most part, I think that the Patriots played it pretty safe with with uh, Mac Jones. Didn't do a whole lot, a lot of dump-offs, a lot of uh, you know throwing to the flat, a lot of short throws, uh, just run-after-catch stuff, but that's been the Josh McDaniels offense. Uh, you know That's what Tom Brady made his – that was Tom Brady's bread and butter – for 20 years in the NFL. And if Mac Jones can do it even close to as effectively as the, as Tom Brady did it with the Patriots, that's all you need to do. But I thought Mac Jones looked poised. He looked comfortable. Uh, like I said, he looked much, I thought he looked much better than Cam. And you got to understand, obviously, Mac Jones was going up against uh, backup players. But another thing, you know, a lot of people like to use that argument um, in the preseason. This is kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail but everything you see uh, with fans, if their team gets, you know, if their team, you know, gets embarrassed or their team gets cooked on a play, uh, the immediate fence is, oh, those are against our backups, those are against our backups, which is fair. It's a fair argument. The preseason, for the most part, you can't take anything away from it as far as wins. It doesn't count towards the standings. Um, and a lot of backups are played. Some teams like the Rams and the Chargers and in, in, in the Buccaneers don't even really play any of their starters. So you can't really take much away. But f- when you're talking about these rookie quarterbacks, I see a lot of people saying, oh, they're playing against third-team de- third defenses. Like, what what are we proving by having them go against third-team defenses? Uh, and it's like, yeah, but they're also playing with, like, the third-team offense. Like, they don't have the starting offensive line. They don't have – and this is some of these guys. Some of these guys started the game. But a, lo- a lot of these guys, like Mac Jones, like Justin Fields – they don't have the starting offensive line. They don't have their starting wide receivers. They're playing with third stringers too. And it doesn't matter that they're third stringers. This is their first NFL experience. This is the first time getting to a point where everybody around them is good enough to be a professional. Like in college, even if you play in the SEC, which is like the most talented conference in in college football, you're still playing with, there's still a lot of guys that will never be good enough to make it to the pro level. But when you get to the pros, obviously everybody that's a pro is good enough to be a pro. Even if it's bottom of the roster, guys, you have to understand, even if somebody is at the bottom of an NFL roster, they're still so good at football. Like, they're so good at football. But the talent level of the NFL is so high uh, that obviously not everybody's going to make that roster. So that excuse that, oh, they're playing against third-team players, they're playing against, you know, second team, they're playing against the backups, that's... I. To, to a certain extent, yes, okay, that makes sense. But also, these guys are not playing with Hall of Famers alongside them. Um, but with that, let's move to a guy who did work against the Dolphins' third-team defense, uh, and that's Justin Fields. This was the guy uh, who had the most love, I think, from week one of the of the NFL preseason, and that's Justin Fields, um, the quarterback for the Chicago Bears. He finished 14 for 20, 142 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he also had five rushes on the ground for 33 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, he struggled early on in the game, if you watch the game. Uh, it was the first game on Saturday. And Justin Fields only came in uh, in around the second quarter. Andy Dalton 
could not get anything accomplished. The Bears couldn't the Bears didn't have a first down until under a minute left in the first half. It was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. They could not get anything done against the Dolphins defense that was missing quite a few starters, uh, to be honest. But Andy Dalton didn't look good. Justin Fields came in. The crowd lost their mind, obviously, uh, when he came in the game. Early on, he, I thought he struggled. And uh, for those of you that have ever listened to this podcast, know that I'm a huge Justin Fields stan. I've been a huge fan of Justin Fields since, since the draft. And I've said time and time again, almost every episode I say, how excited I am for Justin Fields. So when I say the stuff that I'm about to say, I'm not hating on Justin Fields. Justin Fields is one of my favorite quarterbacks in the NFL, honestly. I'm just, I'm really rooting for him. But I thought early on he struggled. He looked like a rookie early on. Um, he had a pass deflected. Uh, he fumbled on a, on a third down scramble. Uh, there was a couple of passes, one or two passes, I think, that should have been intercepted in this game. Uh, and that was that was early on, but when it got to the second half, he he looked like a completely different quarterback. And you can say maybe that was because he was playing against lower level players. But I mean, he wasn't playing against the Dolphins starters in the first place. But in the second half, he looked a lot more comfortable. Uh, his throws, you could just tell. I mean, this guy's got zip on the ball. He's got an arm. He showed off his incredible athleticism. I mean, athleticism. I mean, this guy is fast. Uh, he ran wild. Uh, he had a, a rushing touchdown, uh, and he had a wide-open touchdown pass to uh, Jesse James, tight end Jesse James, on a on a busted coverage. Um, but he looked comfortable and poised in that second half. I'm going to use that word poised a lot when describing these quarterbacks. But uh, he can make some electric plays. And, you know, trying not to overreact, although that's kind of the, 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 the point of this segment. You know, he struggled at points. And I think some of these numbers, like the 142 yards, I mean, he played just a lot. He played a lot of snaps in this game compared to the other rookies. That's why I think his numbers look quite a bit better than some of these other rookies. He played quite a bit more than a lot of these other rookies. But he has the ability to be so, so special. Uh, and, and I think Matt Nagy, the, the the Bears head coach, knows that because he said uh, after this game, uh, the day after this game, that that Justin Fields is going to get more work with with the ones. He's going to get more works, uh, more work with the starters. And I just, if he continues to play this well in the preseason, and I know it's preseason, but I and, and Andy Dalton continues to struggle like he did against the Dolphins. Andy Dalton did not look good. That offense could not get anything done. And and to be fair, he didn't play a whole lot, but still, Justin Fields looked incredible at times, and he he really made explosive plays. Uh, he made some nice throws on the run, and um, you guys know how high I am on Justin Fields. I just don't think he has very many holes in his game, uh, and I think that if he continues to play at this level in the preseason, there's no way you can start Andy Dalton in week one. I mean, Justin Fields has this electricity around him that is it's so exciting um and it only it only take a couple more preseason games of him playing the way he did in the second half of this Dolphins game to to put the pressure on Matt Nagy put the pressure on on this Bears coaching staff to have him start week one because I, I genuinely think if he starts week one he's got a legitimate shot to win rookie of the year and I think Given time, I think he's going to be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I think he's he, he just has all the tools to be that guy. And, and I'm not saying that we saw all of that from this one start. But you guys know that I'm extremely high on Justin Fields. But in general, I thought he played well. Uh, I don't think he played as well as a lot of people are saying that he played. I think he struggled at points. And some of his numbers are a little bit, I think, overblown. Uh, but I love Justin Fields. I'm okay with people overreacting. One thing, though, he did say after the game, he was asked if what the speed of the game was like. Because a lot of people, when they get to the NFL, they say that the speed of the game is so much faster. And he said, it honestly seemed kind of slow to me. And then he said things like, oh, I knew we could score on the Dolphins' defense because we had practice against them all week. I would just be careful with things like that, Justin Fields, because last year we saw Tua 
say something along the lines of, oh, this is a lot easier than I thought it would be. And I think he got benched the very next game. So just be careful because the NFL has a funny way of humbling you uh, when you get a little cocky like that. So I don't love that, saying that it's a little bit too, it's a little bit slow because he was playing against, like he's not playing against the Dolphins' starting defense. So when he says, you know, he can score against the defense, it's like, okay, you can score against special teamers. Watch, but again, he's playing with, he's not playing with superstars, but I thought Justin Fields, a well-rounded game, struggled at, at the beginning, but really turned in uh, a good comeback there at the end. And then on to the first pick in the 2021 NFL draft, and that's Trevor Lawrence. And he, along with the guy that went second, played the least out of everybody. This didn't have very many throws. Trevor Lawrence went six for nine for 71 yards. I would have loved to see him play a little bit more, but I can understand why they did not play him more because he was sacked on the very first play uh, from scrimmage in this game. He was pressured a ton in this game. So that's why it makes sense to me that he he didn't play much. He got sacked twice. Uh, he was under a lot of pressure. Uh, the one time that he was protected really well, he hits a deep shot to Marvin Jones. It wasn't an, it wasn't a great throw. Uh, you know, it wasn't a terrible throw. He he put it up high where Marvin Jones could get it. Marvin Jones made an incredible uh, effort to go and get that ball. Uh, a really fun play to watch. But you can see some of the things, and and we didn't get to see much out of Trevor Lawrence. Like I said, he didn't play a whole lot. Um, he was pressured a lot, which sucks. It seems like the offensive lines in general in this preseason really struggled. I mean, a lot of a lot of pressure being being had, in not just against rookie quarterbacks, but against a lot of these teams. Uh, but you can tell uh, with Trevor Lawrence, he's got a special arm. So the zip that he has on some of these balls, some of these outbreaking routes, the 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 speed at which he can get the ball to these guys uh, is really good. He seems to have. Uh, a really nice connection with Marvin Jones, so maybe look out for that if you're if you're looking for a late round uh, fantasy ad. Marvin Marvin Jones looks to have a really good connection uh, with Trevor Lawrence, but yeah, you can see his special arm. I would say out of all the rookie quarterbacks, he probably looked the least comfortable, and that's not totally fair because I I think he was pressured the most out of all these rookie quarterbacks. He was under a lot of duress. I mean, the, the Jaguars' offensive line's got to get better. If, if they want Trevor Lawrence to not end up the way that Joe Burrow was last season, injured uh, for like half the season, the Jags' offensive line has to improve. And you hope that with more preseason games and more training camp that that happens. But you cannot walk your star franchise quarterback out there with an offensive line that's allowing as much pressure as they did yesterday. Not yesterday. I don't know why I said yesterday. This That's not yesterday at all. But the other day when they played this game. And then on to the second pick. Uh, in the 2021 NFL Draft, Zach Wilson also only threw nine passes, also went six for nine, just like Trevor Lawrence at 63 yards. I thought he, thought he looked mad comfortable. I thought he looked really comfortable um, when he was when he was well protected. I think he looked really good. Accurate passes, a ton of zip. He's another guy. I'm, I'm talking about zip a lot, but these guys, a lot of quarterbacks in this class, uh, almost all of them except for Mac Jones, I feel like have really special arms, and they have like. They have power that they can they can deliver these balls in there. Uh, just really good zip on the ball. When he was protected, he looked comfortable. Uh, I thought the offensive line did a fairly good job of protecting him, which is a good sign if you're a Jets fan to see that rebuilt offensive line playing fairly well. Uh, I don't know exactly how many starters were playing, but him and Corey Davis seem to be trying to connect with each other. He only connected on two two passes for 18 yards, but there seems to be some chemistry there. They seem to be wanting to connect there, but... Uh, I not really enough snaps to make a whole lot of judgment, and none of these guys played enough snaps to make a a, a fair judgment. But uh, Zach Wilson, I thought he looked good. He didn't look scared, which is really good. Uh, he, you know, he looked comfortable. He was delivering throws. He was staying in there in the pocket. Uh, a few times when he got pressured, some of his throws were kind of just thrown into the middle of the field, which is not great. But overall, Zach Wilson, not too bad. And then moving on to the final rookie quarterback to overreact to, and it's Trey Lance, who went 5 for 14, 128 yards and a touchdown. Um, so the first pass, his first pass was dropped, and that's something that he really, uh, the receivers struggled. I don't, know, I don't know if he throws the ball too hard, but these guys, he had three passes, gorgeous passes that were dropped, three drops, and just brutal, brutal drops, ones that shouldn't have been dropped. Uh, a couple of them 
that would have been first downs. One really nice outbreaking route. Uh, I think it was just a just an out or maybe a corner. Uh, really nice. I think it was a third down. He hits a strike, and it was like right along the sidelines. Perfect throw. Dropped. Would have been a beautiful, gorgeous play. Uh, his receiver struggled with drops. Uh, he was sacked on his first drive to end the drive. And then the second drive, I love this. Kyle Shannon calls up a play, a little play-action rollout. Uh, they look back towards the other side of the field, bombs it down the field to, what's his name, Trent Sheffield for an 80-yard touchdown on his second pass attempt. This was fun. Uh, not a great, not a, like a phenomenal throw. It wasn't like a, a tight window throw. It wasn't right on the money. Kendall Sheffield kind of had to reach back, or what's his name? Not Kendall Sheffield, Trent Sherfield. Kendall Sheffield is somebody else. I don't even know who that is. But uh, Trent Sherfield had to kind of reach back to grab it, but not like a terrible throw. It's an 80-yard touchdown, so obviously it's a good enough throw. Uh, but just a fun, I just love that Kyle Shanahan did that. He's like, he didn't like the way that first drive went. He's like, no, okay, I'm going to get people excited about Trey Lance. And just an 80-yard bomb on the Chiefs. Uh, and I, I I thought that was really fun. Overall, uh, he went 5 for 14. So, like, there, there wasn't a whole lot there. He did have 128 yards. Um, he struggled at points. Um, that 80-yard bomb was fun, but like I said, not a great throw. He had two throws that I thought should have been picked off. He also had a, a fumble. Um, but, but he looked exactly how you think that a guy that hasn't played football in nearly a year would look. And he, he looks exactly how you would think Trey Lance should look. Uh, and that's fine. It's fine that he looked rusty at times. It's fine that he looked like a raw prospect. Uh, I, I wrote down in bold letters raw and uh, raw and potential. Uh, you could see potential there. Uh, you know, it wasn't quite all the way there, but like I said, that's fine. This is preseason. We're not going to overreact. Um, even though I say, you know, that we're, that we're overreacting, um, we're not going to overreact to a preseason game. He hasn't played football in over a year. And overall, I thought it was like an like all these rookie quarterbacks, none of them looked scared. The state the stage didn't look too big for any of them. And from for Trey Lance coming from a Division two school, hasn't played football in over a year. I thought he played well, but like I said, he was he was quite raw. Um, but but had some had some moments in this game. And then on to my next overreaction from week one of the preseason, and that's that the Denver Broncos are the best team in football. Um, I mean, if you watch preseason week number one and you, you know, and you based your NFL knowledge just based on that, you would say the Denver Broncos are the best team in football. They beat the brakes off the Minnesota Vikings 33 to 6. And yes, Vikings fans, I know that you guys didn't play basically anybody. But like I said, this is we're overreacting. Um, but for the Broncos, um, 33 to 6. Teddy and Drew Locke both played pretty well. They looked solid. Drew Locke impressed me in this game. And like I said, they didn't play against, you know, the 85 Bears. But Drew Locke's stat line is comical to look at. He went 5 for 7, 151 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, He was kind of fun to watch. And like watching this game... It made me kind of think, like, I kind of want Drew Locke to be a good quarterback just because I think he's really fun. He's a fun watch. He's got, like, an absolute rocket of an arm. I mean, he's another one of these guys who just, you know, he doesn't have, it's not all put together, but he's got the talent. He, I, I think he has ability to throw on the run. He's got a cannon for an arm. He can just really rip it in there, and we saw that in this game. He had some strikes to some of his receivers. Um, he had an 80-yard bomb to K.J. Hamler, just hit him in stride, wide open, K.J. Hamler. K.J. Hamler looked really good in this game. He he could be dangerous as a deep threat uh, if, if these quarterbacks can put it together. But yeah, Drew Locke looked really fun. Teddy Bridgewater came in. I thought he played he played well. He got cheered by the Minnesota Vikings fans. That was, that was nice. Uh, you know, he obviously played there before his knee blew up and his leg almost fell off. Um, but he gets cheered every time he plays there. So that's really classy by the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, even a 7 for 8, 74 yards and a touchdown. He played fine. I don't think he did anything uh, to, to 
you know, take control of the starting job. I still think this is Drew Locke's job at the end of all this, and especially after that game. Um, but for the Broncos in general, there's a lot of a lot of um, excitement in this game. Uh, Teddy had, you know, like I said, he played fine. He had a nice, uh, a really nice throw on a fade route to the end zone to Trinity Benson, who's a receiver who I had never heard of, but he had two touchdowns in this game, so that's exciting. Uh, might have another weapon on an offense that I think is filled with weapons, but other things that for the Broncos in this game that make them the best team in the NFL. Javante Williams, the rookie running back that they drafted in the in the second round, uh, played good. He, I thought he looked good. He, he only ran the ball five times for 29 yards, but that's 5.8 yards per carry. He ran the ball well, I think. Um, Jerry Judy looked so explosive on his one catch. He had a, a 33-yard catch and run where he, he caught a pass from Drew Locke and just did a little juke and just danced his way up the field for 30 for 33 yards. And Jerry Judy, I'm so excited for him in year two. I think he got a bad rap. Him and Locke could not seem to get connected with each other at all in year one. But Jerry Judy looked so good in the just on that one catch. I, I'm excited. I'm all in on Jerry Judy. And then Patrick Sertan, their, their first round defensive back that they drafted, had a pick six in this game. He jumped a late throw by Jake Browning and took it to the house. Just looked like a veteran move by Patrick Sertan. This defense is stacked uh, for the Denver Broncos, especially that secondary. But overall, a, a really promising, I thought it was a really promising game for Denver Broncos fans. I think there's been a lot of negativity surrounding the Broncos since they didn't get Aaron Rodgers just because of the quarterback position. And this one preseason game is not going to solve everything. And obviously this is an overreacting segment. Uh, so they're not the best team in football. But talent-wise, they have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. And that's not an overreaction. They have a ton of talent. We talked about the offensive talent that they have with uh, Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, uh, Javante Williams, Mel- uh, Melvin Gordon. And then on the defense, Patrick Sertan, uh, Fuller, they got um, the other guy, the the corner, slot corner. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, I think he played for the Eagles. But uh, then you have Justin Simmons, who's really good. I mean, this, and then Vaughn Miller, Bradley Chubb, uh, just a ton of talent on this defense. And I thought a lot of them, a lot of them played uh, played really well. And then again, played against backups. But you'd rather play good against backups than play bad against backups. And then on to my next overreaction, and that's Chase Young is going to go from Defensive Rookie of the Year to Defensive Player of the Year after one preseason game, and I know it. And honestly, the more I think about this, I don't even know if I feel like it's an overreaction. So if you guys did not watch the the New England Patriots play the Washington football team, the first drive of the game, Cam Newton came in, or Cam Newton's at quarterback, and on third and eight, um, Chase Young beats his man around the edge, gets to the quarterback, blows up Cam Newton, uh, force fumble, and just, I mean, he looked like a dude on that play. The dude that we know that he is. And in, in Cam, Cam did not play well. And I think a big reason for that is this defensive line. But I, an, a quick caveat that I want to I put out there. Uh, Cam Newton didn't play well. I still think Cam Newton will start week one. And I'm convinced... The offense that they ran in this week one of the preseason with Cam Newton is not the offense they're going to run week one of the regular season and beyond. Um, and I don't think they're going to show much of anything because I'm convinced the Patriots with their offensive line with a, you know, a solid group of running backs uh, in, in, in Cam Newton, the best running, uh, the best running quarterback you know, in the NFL we've seen in, in, in a decade, and, and really good tight ends, I'm convinced they're going to run a very similar offense to that, what we see uh, the the Baltimore Ravens run. I, I'm convinced. Because the Baltimore Ravens, what do they do? A ton of ground and pound, running, running. And if they throw it, a lot to tight ends. And, and the New England Patriots have two of the better tight ends in the NFL now. And I'm, I'm convinced that's the offense they're going to run. But anyways, back to Chase Young. Um, yeah, I've been talking about Chase Young a few times. I talked about him becoming a superstar on an episode a while back. Uh, and he's just a game wrecker. And I, and, and I think you saw that on this one play. And he didn't play a whole lot in this game. I don't even know if he played after that sack fumble. I would have taken him off after that for sure. But you can just, there's, 
I talked about this. There's edge rushers, and then there's game wreckers. There's guys, there's sack artists, there's guys who can get sacks, and then there's guys who can just completely take over a game. And to me, that's what Chase Young can do. And I would not be the slightest bit surprised if Chase Young wins Defensive Player of the Year. Just that defensive line that he's on with all those other incredibly talented uh, defensive linemen, all really young, all in their prime, uh, yeah, I think Chase Young's going to dominate this year. And this might not even be an overreaction. And then on to one final overreaction. And you know I got to go back to my Dolphins. I got to talk about the Miami Dolphins a little bit. I got to be a homer. Uh, this takeaway is not something that a homer would say. And that's that Tua Tungavailoa is a bust after throwing a preseason interception. Come on, Tua. Those are backups out there. Why are you throwing an interception? I knew they should have taken Justin Herbert. Um, Obviously, um, an overreaction. Um, Tua, I thought, genuinely looked good in this game. And I'm not going to defend that interception. Tua didn't defend that interception. Most Dolphins fans do not defend that interception. It was not a good throw. Uh, He had Adam Shaheen open, wide open in the end zone. Threw the ball way too late, way too late. And Tua said, I shouldn't have thrown it. They asked him what he could have done better on that. And he said, probably not thrown it, which is very candid. And I really like that answer. But he just threw it way too late. It was picked off. But you liked seeing him be aggressive. And I thought he looked good in this game. He looked composed. He looked poised, like we've said a few times with the rookie quarterbacks. Um, He was under pressure a lot. The Dolphins offensive line really crapped the bed in this game. They did not play well. And he looked really good under pressure. And a lot of times last year, he we didn't see that from Tua. And I don't know if it was the hip injury or what it was, but he looked composed. He had pressure in his face. Austin Jackson got blown up on the edge, almost broke Tua's legs by landing on him. And Tua still delivered a strike. His accuracy was on point. I mean, he he might not have the arm that some of these, even these rookie quarterbacks that we talked about, but he has pinpoint accuracy. And I'm in in just watch some of the throws that he can make. Um, there was a coach, I don't even know who it was, but they said some quarterbacks have like doorway accuracy where you can throw it through a doorway. You know, those are not very accurate quarterbacks. Some quarterbacks have, you know, doorknob accuracy where they can throw it to a doorknob and then some quarterbacks have keyhole accuracy because they can throw it in the keyhole and that's to a, he has that keyhole accuracy and we saw that on display he looks so much more comfortable his throws honestly seem to have quite a bit more zip on them and he only had uh 11 throws he went 8 for 11 99 yards in that interception um but like i said i I was encouraged by his game and the interception was not good and it sucks that he had to end that day uh he had to end the day on an interception but he had a really nice strike to Mike Kosicki for 50 a 50 yard gain that uh wish it would have been a touchdown they weren't able to 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 punch it in their short running game is still a disaster uh, but he had a, a big time throw to Mike Kosicki a couple of big time third down conversions which was really good to see where he just stepped in there uh stepped up in the pocket sometimes under pressure just just delivered a strike. And I thought, genuinely, and this is not being a homer, his his throws looked like they had more zip on it. He looked more comfortable. And I'm, I was very encouraged by what I saw from Tua. And I'm looking forward to seeing more from him. And he played without Will Fuller. He played without Devontae Parker. played without Albert Wilson. Those are the top three receivers on the depth chart. So I thought overall, a, a good performance by Tua. And no, he's not a bust just because he threw an interception. I think that... For fans is the death knell. If 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 you for fans and Colin Coward because he's a clown, um, if you throw an interception in the preseason, that's the, the I mean you might as well retire. You are a bust. If you're a young developing quarterback, and you throw an interception or two in a preseason game, I mean your career is over. You should just go sell real estate or something. But no, I thought it was a a good performance by Tua, and the Dolphins need to fix their offensive line if they want to do anything this season. And real quick, before we wrap up the show, just a few other takeaways from preseason week one. And it was a fun preseason uh, week one. Uh, A few takeaways. Jordan Love, 
uh, played pretty well. He didn't look lost, which was nice. He, he went 12 for 17, 122 yards, and a touchdown. He did get hurt in the game, but apparently he's okay. He's going to miss a few days of practice, but he should be okay. I was encouraged by Jordan Love, another guy who hadn't played in like a year. Uh, didn't look amazing by any means, and he had some mistakes. And He's basically a rookie, so you, you'd expect that. But I, I just thought the fact that he went out there and didn't look completely lost uh, you know, was was encouraging because there was not great reviews coming out of Packers camp the last two seasons. So it was good to see him out there. And then Dwayne Haskins uh, could potentially be coming for that Pittsburgh backup job. Played pretty well, 16 for 22, 161 yards and a touchdown. Uh, did did better than than Mason Rudolph. Uh, Mason Rudolph didn't play as much, 8 for 9, 77 yards. Still not bad for Rudolph, but uh, Dwayne Haskins played well. It'll be interesting to see if if he can grab that number two spot and maybe maybe set himself up to to be the the guy who takes over for Ben uh, after Ben inevitably retires or goes somewhere else next season. Uh, and then uh, Taysom Hill and uh, Jameis Winston. That's a quarterback battle that's happening right now in New Orleans. Not a whole lot of separation there after week one. Uh, Taysom Hill went eight for twelve, eighty-one yards. Uh, he had an interception and a sack. And then Winston went 7 for 12, 96 yards, had a, uh, a touchdown and interception. Really no separation there. Uh, I, I don't think we have any answers as far as that goes. Neither of them played really well. I thought they both played. They did not play well. Um, so you're going to need to see a lot more. And they don't have a whole lot at receiver. I'm wondering if they do something to to get them more help at the receiver position. But again, it's preseason. Don't overreact. But neither of them, I don't think, did anything to move themselves uh, any higher in the pecking order there for that quarterback battle. And then one final note, the Baltimore Ravens win their 18th straight preseason game, which is insane. What a weird, dumb statistic that means nothing, but it's still kind of fun. Uh, They haven't lost a, a, a preseason game going back to 2015, 18 in a row. Uh, although it's preseason, that's still pretty impressive. 18 in a row is, is pretty insane. So congratulations to John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens. But uh, that's going to wrap up today's show. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Joe, I hope you enjoy the show. I don't know if you have anything else you want to say. No, you giving me the nod. Nothing at all. If you enjoy the show, make sure you guys leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Leave us a nice review. Please share the podcast. If you like the podcast and you're listening, don't be selfish. Don't listen to it and not share it with other people that would enjoy the podcast or enjoy two guys looking up Rotten Tomatoes reviews on a podcast. Um, You know, there's got to be some people that are into that. So make sure you do that. Uh, Follow us on social medias at underscore average Joe show. Have a good time on Twitter sometimes. Not as active on Instagram. But uh, make sure you follow us there. Um, the preseason is underway. Uh, I Oh, I also just released a new article on bluecollarmediagroup.com, uh, bluecollarmg.com. Make sure you guys go check that out. I'm doing a division preview for every division in the NFL. I just released the AFC East uh, preview. Basically, I go and I, and I, review, and I uh, take a deep dive into each roster. Uh, I give you strengths, weaknesses, um, biggest addition in the offseason, biggest loss in the offseason, um, all that good stuff. And then I give you a record prediction and a summary of you know how I think the, the team's going to do. I'm having fun with that. I, I, I work really hard on it, so I, I would appreciate it if you guys go over and check that out on bluecollarmg.com. Check out my AFC East and beyond, all the rest of the division's uh, previews. Uh, but I think that pretty much does it for this week's show. We'll be back next week discussing... Any other news or preseason shenanigans, maybe we'll overreact to more things. But until next week, we will catch you guys on the next one.